Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are, thinking it was going to be after a race, and now it's not. So I am Claire. I'm Diane. And yeah. welcome back to She Loves the Grid. And so sad. <laughs> so sad. So sad to be the race that never was. The race that never was. I can, you know what? We should have looked up as if they had actually how many times they've canceled races. I never even thought about that until right now when we started recording. You, you know, what's interesting is because people were, I saw people talking about it, how, uh, you know, were they going to um, refund the ticket? So there's a callback to something that happened in the last year or two of a race that wasn't officially canceled. So the tickets no. weren't refunded, but this one, because it was canceled, the tickets are uh, supposedly being refunded. Yes, I am assuming that what, oh, I wish I could remember. I think it was somewhere in Europe, but um, it was raining. It was just too dangerous. I think it was last year. It was too dangerous. The drivers couldn't see anything like it. I was scared for them. Um, And I do recall seeing like people were not happy that they were not refunded for their tickets. But But like everything else had happened, I think, except for the race versus here the whole weekend was, was yeah. taken out. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. before we get to all of that, how was your week? It was good. I am in total prep mode for <laughs> <laughs> coming to Europe. I can't wait. So just trying to get all the ducks in a row. We have somebody staying with the dogs and just making sure I've got everything that they need. So yeah, I am just in full on prep mode. And then obviously have to have a full-time job. So also preparing as things are ramping up, we start a new fiscal year in June, right when I'm going to be gone. And so (laughs) we have things ramping up. So I'm just trying to be as proactive as possible and get things done. So it's been very busy, but that's nice because it's making the time go quickly. But I was just thinking, thinking, it's like, oh my gosh, we've got one more recording and we're just going to barely buzz that in because we record on Sundays and then I do all the processing either that night or Monday, which you'll be flying. And then yep. Tuesday when it's publishing, you're landing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're going to be landing. You actually, I think, might land before it public the the podcast will publish next week. I'm so <laughs> That's excited. So exciting. I'm oh so my excited. gosh. Um. Uh, so yes, that kind of same thing. My my job has been really busy. You know, with me moving from the U.S. to Europe, and we're finally getting to a point where we're going to get me off of my like my U.S. base responsibilities on to more Europe and hopefully Good. I can start working these kind of crazy hours. So yeah. it's been that and it's beautiful. I mean shorts, the window is open as, as people are online can um see uh watching us because it is uh twenty six degrees Celsius. It was twenty seven and that and twenty seven is eighty degrees Fahrenheit. So it was just a beautiful, beautiful day. And that is not hot here by far. I walked an hour and a half with my dog and didn't even break a sweat. It was mm-hmm. amazing. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I can't wait. But I'm also happy for you to be on more Europe hours than US hours because I know your work schedule has been ridiculous. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. But I would have to tell you, it was so bummed this week with, I mean, the devastation aside, I, I mean, it's a you know, first of all, problems to be like, oh, the race. But like every time my calendar reminders would go off, it would be like, canceled. Yeah. I'm like, could you just cancel the events and not just put on there updated so that they were canceled? 
it quite reminded me every time the calendar event goes off that the race is canceled. I, <laughs> I think today, once I get some of my stuff done, I think I'm going to, um, oops, that was not on silent. I think I'm going to maybe watch an old um, Imola race. So I think the one that Pierre won, I think that might've been 2020. Um, because I believe that podium was Lance, Lando, and Pierre. What? Yeah, and F1 TV <laughs> was putting out during the, the scheduled times. They were broadcasting some old races. And oh. um, I was really impressed that F1 TV actually extended everyone's subscriptions by seven days because of the cancellation. They sent out oh. a blast email to everyone who, I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, no. if, you were, if you're a subscriber, yeah. Um, we got, uh, I got an email that stated they were it's extending every, your subscription by seven days because the race was canceled. Oh, that's so nice. I know without complaints, without anyone raising any kind of whatever, just, Hey, by the way, since you've yeah. missed an entire week, we're giving you seven more days. Good for them. I love it. Well, I think it was really sad. I woke up Wednesday morning, bright and early to the notice that it was canceled. Like, I'm messaging you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I heard that go off. Um, I don't even know what time you sent that my time, but, um, so it was, it, that was the first thing I saw. And then I was, went straight to, um, social media just to, you know, see what everybody was kind of saying. And I, it, I remembered, I was like, you know what? I think it was after Baku, there was heavy rains in that region, in the Emilia Romano region. And, they had some flooding. It didn't hit the Alpha Tauri um, factory then either. But if they already kind of had a flood, those grounds were saturated. So all the rain that they were getting, which I think somebody said was like 20 inches or something in, in one day or ridiculous amount, they ugh, the ground was just not ready for that at all. So the region is devastated. Um, I it's like my dream to move to Italy one day. So I follow a lot of regional or town um, accounts on social media and just seeing the reaction from other parts of Italy also, like they are just devastated for the people in that area. And the videos that I've seen more than what F1 has shown or what um, I wish I had saved them and we could show them, but um it's, it's just crazy roads, just washing away ginormous trees, just falling down, you know, a mountain, just landslides, um, like crazy have, older people being pictures, right? Yeah. Of older blood. people being picked up in a, um, like a dirt mover basically in a, in a flooded street. So yeah, these photos, um, oof, paddock, everything was just underwater and, um, there were already some team members that were there. They, a lot of the team, they're setting up on Wednesday. So they were in place. They were at hotels. Um, Nick DeVries was heading to a marketing promotional type thing. And he kind of got stuck and came upon a hotel in, in a little town. And he said, I think it was Alpine, maybe. One of the other teams was already there, maybe McLaren. And the front jack for for that team gave up his room to Nick. Um, they, he had a picture of people sleeping in the hotel lobby because obviously the hotels were, were booked, um, but just awful, just horrible to see. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And for those watching on YouTube who can't, who can't watch. So um, 
were showing a couple of pictures that you know, different media outlets had showed of the, the raceway, but then just people just living their lives, you know, they're coming up to the someone's waistline almost. And, you know, it reminds me of just areas of, that I've lived in before flooding, like when hurricanes come in and you get yeah. just this sudden onslaught of water and it's got nowhere to go. And it's right. Just, and I can't imagine the cleanup after this, not just for obviously like the track, but you know, th this is where people live and they've, they've lived there for a long time, many of them. So I just I can't imagine. Yeah, flooding, flooding damage is, is horrible because there's, yeah. you know, once you get it out, you've got all the dirt and you know, the everything to dry it out. And think about anything, all the electronics are probably ruined. And then you've got, you know, I would imagine the construction is definitely different from what I'm used to having lived in the U.S., but there's still a lot that you have to deal with water and drying and mold and um, all the just muck because all the groundwater and we've got river water and all of that that's just flowing in and just, just tons of dirt just to clean out, right? Yeah. And, Aside from dry. I mean, yeah, you have to worry yeah. about mold and I'm, I'm assuming there, I mean, here in Arizona, we don't usually, I mean, we could have flash floods, but it's not like this, but also it's a very dry climate in, you know, Europe, I'm assuming there's more moisture, more humidity. So, um, mold just is to dry it out. <clears throat> if they're not yeah. used to that kind of stuff, having enough emergency sources to come in and deal with that right and to right. dry out and coming in and cleaning that because there's a special amount of you know cleanup that's needed to get that kind of dirt and the moisture out and dry it and then repair everything yeah yeah i guess like the track because i know there were some f2 well f2 and f3 were supposed to race this weekend also and i think there were some drivers um from those um, F2 and F3 were doing some racing. I think they're not racing, but, um, testing out wet tires and different things. So the track was able, um, to be driven, but F1 made absolutely the right decision. Like this isn't just about like, okay, the track, you have fans that are coming in, um, need to make sure everybody's safe. They may not yeah. have had, depending on the hotels, they may be flooded, um, I don't know, like we, when we looked at going to Imola, we looked at staying in Bologna, which was a little bit of a drive. So I don't know what their, if they had flooding or not, but you need to make sure it's safe, but also like the resources, the police resources, the emergency resources, mm -hmm. those all need to go to the people of the region. They need yeah. to be taking care of those people and not um, using those services at a racetrack. Like exactly. So, uh, absolutely exactly. the right, the right call. Every, I think most fans agreed with that, which was yeah. awesome. And it was nice to see the the amount of people who are helping, which I know we'll go flip over to that. Your, yeah. your treasure. Yeah. Yuki. Ugh, again. So one of the first things that I read on Wednesday morning was a message from Yuki on his Instagram account. And what struck me most was you could tell like this affected him because he wasn't just saying, and this is not a knock to any of the drivers or the teams that were just, you know, saying our thoughts are with you, blah, blah, blah. Like you could tell like Yuki was living it, you know, and he was saying like, you have no idea how much mud and dirt and everything smells like gasoline and, you know, mm -hmm. people's lives are upended. I just felt like you could feel that passion um, coming through. And then this came out. So again, if you're not watching us on YouTube, we have some of the pictures that have been going around of Yuki out in the streets, 
with a, you know, a shovel cleaning up. He stayed and was helping the hotel, the people of the hotel. I think there were some team members from Alfertari also there working, getting things cleaned up, trying to get some sense of normalcy back um, to at least this area that he was in. And I mean, I think he maybe was the only driver that was was there really putting in the labor um, to help the, the region. So to me, this just made me love him even more. He is a little <laughs> treasure, but this made me love him even more because I think, you know, he, he feels a kinship with, with them. I mean, Alpha Tauri, their, their um, headquarters is in Fienza. We talked about that last week. It's very close to the track. So this means something to him. This is his home. This area is his home. Um, and he went out there and, and did it. So, um, we were talking, I think we have a thing about the fundraising. Yep. So yeah. and I was going to say, you can see that, that dirt, right? You're talking about the mud. That's that. Yes. It's going to be so hard. Look how thick it is to, to clean up. But yeah. Here's yep. the fundraiser. That's really important. Yes. Very important. So if you have the means a little bit or a lot, whatever, then I highly recommend, um, going out and, and helping that area. Ferrari donated 1 million euros. Um, cause again, uh, Marinella, their headquarters is nearby. Um, F1, I believe also might've donated a million euros. Um, there's this, I think there's something else. Um, Alpha Tauri yesterday had a video with like Lindsey Vaughn and a whole bunch of other athletes from around the world and some musicians and some influencers, um, again, trying to raise money. So they're just, you know, all putting that out there. And I think that, well, I know for sure Williams did a streaming race to raise money for charity. Um, so James Bowles, their principal and Alex Albon were definitely involved. Max, I believe also with, um, something called Redline. I am not a streamer people. Like I am not a gamer, I guess I should say. <laughs> I do stream, I do stream shows, but I am not Twitch a gamer. Thing. Um, so I think like Twitch, I think that's a thing. Um, anyways, yes. they were doing stuff on there. So Max had something that he was doing, like just, you know, virtual racing, which I think was actually, um, pretty cool. So I haven't heard anything about this being rescheduled. I think everything I've seen has said, we'll see you next year. You know, yeah. we're with you. So I guess now we're 22 races, um, for this year instead of the 23, but again, totally the right call. And, you know, just, I'm just devastated. So I wish I was closer <laughs> to do something <laughs> to even get out there and help, but yeah, I will donate money. I will do that. That's the least I can do. Cause I just can't imagine. Yeah, that, that it's true. And that's the biggest thing we can do at this point. And it's, it's nice. I mean, that was a European based one and we can keep looking and when we, you know, we can keep sharing through our social media and kind of us based ones and, and whatnot. You know, most we could do even dollar. You just think about it. The millions of, of, of uh, F1 fans that there are, if everyone gave a dollar, right. They can. Exactly. That, that's huge. And I, I, I would challenge people whose tickets were refunded. I'll take it that refund if they could take a percentage of that, not all of it, but a percentage of it, you know, and give, yeah. give some of that back to the region. That would be great because some of your money when you showed up was going to help the region, your tourist money, mm -hmm. right? whether it be right. spending at the restaurants and, yeah. you know, buying souvenirs and, and buying in the area. 
think about all those those businesses that were banking on the tourist traffic mm -hmm. that was going to happen and, and whatnot that's, that's now so gone true. on top of that too so anything so that true. anyone could do that could help would be huge yeah absolutely agree and we'll keep we'll keep watching just the area again I, I love Italy. <laughs> Italy. And I was so excited too, because this is the one that everyone told me since I've gotten into F1. Emily is classic F1. That is the race. And, you know, we're missing out yeah. on it this year. So yeah. next year, next, next year, hopefully year. we can go next year. Yeah. Yay. I know now we have all these, we have a list of races that we need to go to next year. I actually go to the mall. But ah, I can't afford this that. one. <laughs> need to have somebody sponsor us and go to the mall. And, you know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are fun people we are a, yeah. we are a lot of fun so and unique come on the, the you want us fun, in right? your you want us in your hospitality area trust me <laughs> we're fine we're responsible but you know we can right. get mama bear and it protect you come on yes right. we are very responsible but we are so much fun it's so <laughs> like a wealth of, of talent and and all kinds of crazy fun facts that people just don't even know yet. Okay, let's get to some fun stuff. What do we have yeah. next? Oh, oh, yeah. Were you going to say it? Well, I was sorry. I noticed you have in here it was interesting is that some of Pierre's penalty points roll off. Two of his penalty points come off tomorrow because it's Sunday. So they come off on Monday, um, which that takes him a step back from getting a grid penalty or missing a race or whatever missing it is. A race. Yeah, because that yeah, was really great. close. Because that was the whole big, you know, part of the controversy about what was that in Australia that uh, if he'd gotten the points, yeah, then it would have taken him out because he would have been over his max. So now, yeah. you know, hopefully he continues to play it safe though, and it doesn't just open him up to oh, now I can, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he has he hasn't, and a lot of the, you know there was a lot of you know speeding in the pits, which safety first. Agree, you cannot be speeding in the pits, but. Um, so I don't know, maybe this is where it starts to roll off. And so he gets further and further away and he avoids altogether the <laughs> the possibility of uh, missing a race. So good for Pierre. Woo. All right. All right. Next we have. Uh, I go back. Oh, so they're watching this weekend. We can't watch it because they don't show it <laughs> this year but um f1 academy had their race um round three in barcelona i thought for sure that we were going to see them in barcelona so i was really disappointed to realize no they were racing this weekend um but f1 academy has three different races um that they do so emily de Hughes, i think is how you say that she's dutch uh she won the first race Amna Al-Kabasi, I think this is her second win of the yeah, season. So. Um, she won the second race, and then Lena Bueller won the third race. And so what's awesome for her is she had actually won one of the very, in round one, one, how can you say this? Round she one, one. won one of the races, because they, again, they have three races, but all of their cars were disqualified afterwards. So got that taken away. Oh. Um, so she's back she's back on the top of the podium um getting her first one of the season so yay for for lena um which you know it's very exciting i see little snippets if you follow their f1 academy socials you can see little snippets here and there so they're doing something somebody's recording them because there's somebody talking there's a, a host and they're talking through the thing but anyways we only get it in little bits and pieces so there's there was some good 
moves in this race. I'm hoping next year, if they're going to be aligned with F1, that we're going to, we'll get more, but we got to, we got to dig into it a little bit more. Maybe while you're here, we can spend a little bit of our time. Yes. Figuring it out. it together, figuring it out. We can bring it to everybody. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we'll still keep up with it. I posted it this morning. I waited for all three races to happen. So they seem to do two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, and just posted them all this morning, but yeah, I definitely want to. And I'm sure next year, especially after it came out that they were not going to have any live racing or, you know, full races. I think you just, we see snippets throughout the week and then Wednesday more stuff is available. So I think they realized that was a mistake and next year they will do better. <laughs> they will have, <laughs> they will have more, uh, actual live racing because i would love to watch it especially this weekend could you imagine like with this everybody i mean people were like what do we do now so people were watching the indy 500 qualifying and um that kind of stuff like getting into indy but i think people would have absolutely watched these races absolutely 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 you gotta keep your brand you gotta keep your brand exactly so anyways good for them yay (laughs) They're halfway through their season. I think halfway. They have six or seven rounds. So, Yeah, short season. Started late, ending early. Yeah. All right. Well, we're finally going to make it to our team spotlight. So I'm excited. I did a little research. And this is stuff that once we get it, we're going to eventually have like a website just to have and put a lot of the stuff we've been gathering. We wanted to have all of it and have content before we posted something that didn't have a lot there more than just you know the, the podcast because you get those on all of your favorite podcast players yeah. um so the first one we're doing and we picked in no in particular order was uh mercedes uh so we're going to talk about and i've got a fun little picture of their car for this year beautiful and their their team name so their current team name is mercedes amg Petronas f1 team or formula one team that's a and Lewis could name. never say that. I, I think Lewis and maybe Toto, they always leave something out. They can never remember the order. It kind of cracks well, me up. It, it makes <laughs> sense. So like, if we go into it, here's an interesting thing. There's their nickname called the Silver Arrows. Most Mercedes silver bullet, branded team. Right? Is it Silver Bullet or Silver Arrows? Silver oh, arrows, okay. Yeah. And yeah. most Mercedes branded teams have that nickname. Oh, what? Yeah, that's what I read. I was like, really? They all kind of have it? Just, yeah. So I, I, I want to dig into that a little more, but um, what's interesting, so I'm going to go a little bit on the team ownership and history because Mercedes started like pre F1 in the 1930s. So they got into motorsport and whatnot, pre F1 into Grand Prix that they were before F1. And then um, officially they were in it as Dalmer. Dal- I always say it wrong. Dalmer. Dal- yeah. Dalmer Benz AG in 54 and 55. Okay. Now they got out of it in 55, and we'll talk about it a little bit later after the, the big LeMans issue that happened. Um, and they didn't get back into F1 at all until 1994. Oh, they were still in motorsport. They were still doing a lot of stuff around like Indy and whatnot. Um, they really didn't get back into it. However, the team as we know it today actually has like an ongoing history of change of ownership to where what Mercedes owns today. So in 1968 through 1998, it was called Tyrell Racing, mm. um, which is after a driver. And um, it's got its own sub controversy. 
So all this will be linked off the website. In 1984, 1984 um, they were excluded from the World Championship and then retroactively disqualified for the all races because of some cheating. Some stuff they've done, like the mix of their, their fuels and some stuff with their cars. It's really interesting hearing people talk about all the controversy about Red Bull and their car and then over the cap and all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, well. You know, the Mercedes predecessor back in the 80s, <laughs> it's kind of always been a thing. Um, but then um, in 1999, it became the British American racing team. Oh, so from Tyrell. Yeah, so Tyrell, it, it changed ownership, became the British American racing team. And then from that, the team in 2005 became the Honda Racing F1 team. And so oh. Honda was heavily involved. Okay. Um yeah, so and, and then here's where it gets to more current day. So in 2009, Honda um, was took out, came out of the, the F1 entirely, and or, or at least from this team, and it became the Braun Grand or GP F1 team. Um, they wanted to have it called the Pure Race team, but it was oh. blocked because McLaren oh. at the time was the Pure Racing Mercedes team. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So in 2009, it was called Pure Racing Mercedes. It was was technically McLaren. That's what who McLaren is today. But so they blocked it. They wanted to call it Pure Racing, but they couldn't or Pure Race. And they couldn't. So they had to call it Braun GP. F1 I just team. think that's a horrible choice for a German car company to be called Pure Race. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't German is at it the time. Me? Oh, OK. It was, so British. <laughs> it was so British. It was so British. It was so British. It was OK. Uh, OK. It was still, uh, yeah. Because I'm like, hang on. <laughs> I know, is, I know. This is but not the, okay. the McLaren it was now McLaren was called Pure Racing uh, Mercedes. And it was called Pure, I think it was but they wanted to call it Pure Racing. And it was called Pure Racing. I might have my, okay. my notes a little off. But that was so they, they ended up calling it Braun because it was after a, a guy in there. So that was in 2009. Um, and then in 2010, Mercedes, just prior to the season, Daumler. AG bought 45.1% of Braun and they changed the name to Mercedes GP Petronas F1 team, which is okay. probably why everyone has a hard time with how to say it. Cause in 2010, it was that the next year, right before the 2011 season, Daimler bought the, an additional 24.9%. So they had minor control. Now they have major control of the team. Oh. So that was 2010, 2011. Then in 2020, December of 2020, well, 2012 was when they changed the name and they decided to take out the uh, um, GP and added the AMG, which is the high performance brand of Dahmer. So oh, that's okay. when GP got taken out and they changed it to AMG. So since 2012, it's been Mercedes, AMG, Petronas, Petronas, I don't know if it's right, how I'd say it, F1 team or Formula One team. Oh. Um, now, what's really interesting is in uh, 2020, Ineos announced the intent to purchase one-third ownership, and it became effective in January of 2022. So they own one-third, and Mercedes owns the other two-thirds of the team. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting, like, the team ownership. I thought it was really fascinating to dig, yeah. to dig down into it. But then you get a little further when I start talking about Toto and his ownership. He owns part of the... Um, like the F1 aspect of it, the Grand Prix yeah. aspect of it versus the F F1 team. So, right. so anyway, their team licensure is Germany. So even though they are currently based out of Brackley and Brixworth, England, um, they are still considered licensed under 
German. So they're still considered a German team. Okay. But but in the 50s, they were based in Stuttgart. So they originally were in Stuttgart. That makes sense. Yeah, especially back then. It just yeah. seems like all the teams definitely have a presence in England. So. Yeah, yeah. they do. I, it's bummer because I'd love to go visit them here in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> so I, I took it. I mean, we, we can, I figured someday we could do some like driver spotlights, but I wanted to go over some of the, the key people um, yeah. going over the team. So Toto. So Toto is the team principal and CEO. He's been with the team since 2013. As most people might know, he's an Austrian billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so never graduated college, but definitely a billionaire. <laughs> he never graduated college, but he's got an honorary doctorate. Um, oh. and, yeah. And he does stuff with Harvard Business for MBA programs. And yes. It's pretty fascinating. Yes. Prior to Miami race, he was there doing a class and I zoomed in because there was all kinds of stuff written on the score or the scoreboard on the chalkboard. <laughs> about, you know, just his notes on, you know, like leadership and, and kind of how the teams work. And I thought that would be a class I would want to sit in oh, on yeah. 100%. So yeah, he was there just before Miami. So it's some crazy. fascinating facts about him, people didn't know, because I didn't know this. In 1992, he started in the Austrian Formula Ford Championship nice. as a driver. And in 94, he finished sixth in the NGT category for the FIA GT championship. He won a race with Lorenzo Case and the FIA GT championship in 2004. And in 2006, he was a runner up in the Austrian rally championship and a winner of the 2006 Dubai 24 hour. Oh, wow. As a racer. I did not know that. I Their whole family. Cause Susie's a former racer and she's a former principal. Like yeah. they are just immersed in the oh, racing yeah. world. I love it. So when it comes to F1 teams, in 20, 2009, he bought a share of the Williams F1 team. Okay. Most people probably know about that. Of course, me being you, I didn't. And he joined the board of directors. And then in 2012, he was named the executive director of Williams F1. But then he left the next year to become the executive director of Mercedes. Mm. Um, his business partner, uh, Rene Berger, came as well, more of a silent and manager, he's not really as active. As active. Yeah. Um, and he acquired 30% of Mercedes-Benz Grand Prix Limited. So Toto owns 30% of Mercedes-Benz Grand Prix Limited. Okay. Just different entity than the actual F1 team itself. Got it. Got it. That's cool. Another key person on the team, which I thought was interesting, he's a managing director, is Highwell Thomas. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Um, he has been with the team since 2004. He started with Mercedes Ilmor, I-L-M-O-R, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. That's actually how their engine company name originally was, oh. or it was renamed um, Mercedes High Power, High Performance Powertrains. Um, he started as a mechanical engineer. He's always been with Mercedes since 2004. He became their chief engineer for Mercedes uh, AMG High performance powertrains in 2015 and then in 2019 he became the power unit director taking on the development of their f1 power unit and then in 2020 he became the managing director of the hvps which is how our high performance power unit or powertrains overseeing the development of their hybrid power unit hmm. so that's pretty interesting to just kind of know who he is um i found a really interesting article researching him um, their chief technical officer, we talked about uh, Mike Elliott and James Allison recently kind of doing the, the kind of yeah. swap. So yeah. Mike 
Elliot's been with the team since 2012. I thought this was fascinating, and I wanted to bring this in because we were talking about uh, STEM and what kind of careers people like education people would maybe go into. He is an aeronautical engineer. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I oh, and the, the like previous guy was, was a mechanical engineer. So Howell's uh, oh, a mechanical engineer, but this guy's an aeronautical engineer. He was with McLaren 2000 to 2008, and then 2008 2012, Brunel Lotus, and then he's been with Mercedes since 2012. And then James Allen, he's been with, F, uh, with Mercedes since 2017. He's an aerospace engineer, also with Renault Lotus, but he was 05 to 13, then Ferrari 2013 to 2016, and then 2017 on. What I thought was really cool is he has multiple winning designs, uh, James yeah. does. Because we always talked about like the 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 guy over at Red Bull. Yeah. This guy has um, five different cars that he designed while he was at Ferrari that won constructors cups for five years and five drivers championships. Oh, that's awesome. And then two different cars while at Renault that won two constructors cups and two drivers championships. And then since being at Mercedes, four of his cars he designed has won four constructors cups and three drivers championships. That's awesome. That's why I'm glad that they put him back into that role where he's yeah. going to be more responsible for that kind of stuff. I didn't know that he had designed all of those cars, but for sure, that seems to be his strength. And and, yeah. and Mercedes needs to get back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was fascinating. That's why I was like, yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up because that was some pretty good, fascinating information. Yeah. Um, so as we know. Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, both from Great Britain, are their drivers. And then Mick Schumacher from um, Germany is their test driver. Their current chassis is the W14, which Toto thinks is light years ahead of the W13. Um, the engine is their Mercedes F1 M14E Performance. And, of course, they use Pirelli tires. Their first entry was officially the 1954 French Grand Prix, and they've raced 276 times since wow. then to date. So that's as of today. Oh, my gosh. Um, eight constructors championships and nine drivers championships. That's amazing. And seven of those are Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the two big controversies I talked about exiting and returning. So that's a, that's kind of got to wrap up on them. So the F1 exit. So in 1955, Mercedes-Benz withdrew from motor racing after the 1950, uh, after the uh, response to the Le Mans disaster. Mm. Um, so that's the race that people aren't aware of, that the 24 hours of Le Mans uh, it killed Pierre Levey. He was a Mercedes driver, and it killed more than 80 spectators. What? Yeah. Um, so what happened was, is there's I, when I was reading up on it, the final results was they didn't blame any specific driver. There was a lot of controversy back and forth because somebody braked too hard, and it oh. ended up hit. Uh, Levey's car, like, ended up going up and over into the where yeah. the spectators were into the stands and oh my god yeah, it was great and it's over 100 and something devastating injuries on top of the 80 something like 84 total casualties including the driver wow. um yeah and it led to the cancellation of the french german spanish and swiss grand prix that year wow yeah oh my yeah god. and it took a year for them to get the car fi to get the car back to mercedes you know, after all the investigations and no one particular driver was marked at fault, but it led to changing it. It was kind of blamed on a little bit on two faster cars for the old race mm. uh, condition of the actual racetrack itself. You know, the, the pattern and um, yeah. 
And they've changed that. They changed how the spectators were going to be and, and, and all of that. So there's a lot of changes made to Le Mans because of that race. Wow. I got oh, chills. It was, yeah, it was pretty bad. So Mercedes just like, we're out. I mean, they, they yeah. stayed in other motorsport, but they, they stayed out of F1. Um, and they re-entered in 1994. So Mercedes as Ilmore, Ilmore, it's I-L-M-O-R, returned as an engine manufacturer. So they weren't actually racing per se, but as an engine manufacturer. And so they were hugely successful with McLaren at that time. So in 1995 and 1996, they were super successful with, with their engine. It was the Ilmore engine. With, and then three wins in 97 and back-to-back driver's championships in 98 and 99 with their engine. Wow. Um, so then in 2002, Daimler Chrysler increased their shares to 55% and renamed the company to Mercedes Ilmore. And then in 2005, they became the sole owner and they renamed it to Mercedes-Benz High Performance Engines. Oh. So that's when it became truly Mercedes is the name of the engine. So I, I thought it was fascinating to hear kind of like how that went. And if you think yeah. about that, that was 2005. And then shortly thereafter, it was about the time in 2009 that the Braun team was forming up. And then in 2010, Mercedes bought it. So okay. it was just a few years later that then Mercedes actually buys the team and becomes an actual racing team again. Yeah. So they were, they were back in at engines, but then as a team, it took a few years later. That's so cool. And I know like right now, cause you said they had, they had a string of um, constructor wins. It, mm-hmm. I think you had mentioned there's- It was a 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. Yeah, until now it's Red Bull. So yeah. people like right now are giving Red Bull, you know, like eh, Red Bull, you know, they're they're winning their, and especially this year, we've said, I've said it a million times, like they are just blowing everybody out of the water. But Mercedes was actually faster than Red Bull is right now compared to the rest of the field in, um, I don't remember what year, but during that string, they were just unstoppable, like just (laughs) insane. When you think about it too, they came back, they got their engine in, they were doing really well, performing well for McLaren, McLaren winning those championships with their engine. And so they actually bought the team and became a Mercedes team in 2010. And then four years later, they have constructor and drivers in 2014, yeah. same thing in 2015, same thing in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, and then the driver wins 21. Yeah. So, or sorry, constructor 21, driver didn't win 21. Right. So they get the constructor. So yes. that's pretty impressive that that's four amazing. years after buying the team, that's they, they dominated for eight years. That's I mean, dominated. So now I understand even more why they why they were all like, we're not doing good at the beginning of this yeah. year. And I and I knew and I know I said it at the time, like they just have their standards and they know that they're not up to those standards yet. But learning all of this just really hits home even more as to why. Because yeah. yes, you you are in a sport for four years and then you dominate it for for like and seven eight, eight, eight years. Of the, eight, of your 12, eight of your twelve years you yeah. dominated it because the first two years and the first two years they were in fifty four and fifty five their drivers won. So the wow. two years they were in originally they had the drivers championship. So wow. if you think about that, if they're 12, 13 years up to twenty twenty one, they had nine 
of the year's drivers, eight of the year's constructors. So yeah, so they, they've dominated. So I, yeah, I can see it now. That's like, whoa, yeah. we're not performing. We've had a couple of years of just what the heck, you know? Well, and, and they really did go what the heck. Like last year, their car was just, I mean, a, a lot of the cars had porpoising and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, poor Lewis was coming out of the cars, like my back, my teeth, just all oh, and, of it. Then we think about their engine too, because their engine is what drove McLaren yeah. in the 90s, right? So their engine was what's getting McLaren up there to win. They have three wins in 97 and back-to-back championships in 98, 90s. 99 yeah. and then McLaren was doing well and now they're going down and they're McLaren Mercedes right that's Mercedes yeah. and so I, I can see why Mercedes is kind of like well, what's going on here because we've got this engine and you've got you know um, Allison that's got that great design and all those w- winning cars he's done for other teams and now Mercedes as well and so I, I can see the stuff it, I, it was really fascinating to learn all that and see that history and how it all kind of played out together and definitely and, and, and you would think i thought mercedes was just like a long-standing team it's like no they really haven't been in it that long as a team yeah an they engine just company yeah an engine company a little longer but not even the full yeah. case of it either they were just dominant and we were talking about last week how many teams had um upgrades coming to imola which obviously we did not get mercedes so and mercedes <laughs> was one of those so I guess, well, even in Monaco, which we'll talk about here in a second, we probably won't see those upgrades in their full effect because, and again, you know, we'll get to Monaco in a second and explain all the reasons. But yeah, we were expecting a lot of upgrades um, this week from a lot of teams, Ferrari, um, I think Aston Martin, I think um, Mercedes for sure, I think Alpine. So there was a lot of teams that were bringing stuff and we might have to wait till Barcelona um, to really see. <laughs> so thank you for that. That was really, yeah. really interesting. So we'll have to pick another team for the next break that we have. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll do the research again because that was fun. It's helping me learn. So that was, that was really fun. All right. Awesome. So what do we have next as we're wrapping up our Beyond the Grid this week? So I think this week people had a surprise, obviously, week off. Um, so I just I didn't see a whole heck of a lot. I you know, they're working out. Christian Horner was riding horses with his Spice Girl. And um, Valtteri, though, did race this weekend. So he actually did a cyclist race in Scotland. It was a gravel race. So it looked like they were kind of out nature. You know, I think of like if in the United States, we have cross country running. So you're running through like the woods and all that kind of stuff. That's what this looked like. His girlfriend, I don't think they're married. Um, She's an Olympic cyclist, and so she's always competing, and she won the women's, but Valtteri competed as well. And I think he said he finished around like 120, 150, somewhere in there, but there was over a 1,000 people that had entered. So not everybody finished, I guess, but yeah, he was looking good. And then Tuesday, I have to think about the dates because today's Sunday, so Tuesday's the 23rd. Charles is going to be competing in a football match, soccer oh. for Americans. Um, and it's a charity. Fußball. Fußball for Germans. Fußball. Oh. That's how you say it in German. It's Well, that's how you pronounce it in German. It's Fußball. Oh. Okay. So Fußball. Um, you say it in German. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I know that other players have done this in the past. I know like Carlos has done it. Um, 
a few other players like Pierre, which a fun fact about Pierre, he actually is so good at football that um, he could have gone pro, but he opted to go pro as a Formula One racer. So there's a little fun fact for you about Pierre. So he also plays in it. There's a whole bunch of other celebrities. Um, so I'm sure we'll hear more about it, but that would be the kind of thing I would definitely want to go to. Like that just looks like so much fun. fun. So otherwise they had a, you know, the the first of our triple header. Um, now we just have a double header and we're heading to Monaco. Monaco. Which Monaco. I think like probably, Monaco. If you, yes. If you are not even an F1 fan, this is probably the one race that you know about, right? It's kind of like F1's crown jewel. Everybody knows yeah. that they race cars in Monaco. And so you- Yeah, when I first heard about F1, that's the first thing I thought of. And so when we did our our, our big fun cruise a couple of years ago, you know, I, when we stopped in Monaco, well, they get to go to Monaco, Cannes, yeah. you know, I, you know, my partner and I, we took the little trip over to Monaco and walked the, walk the track, like walk the track and bought all kinds of stuff. And that's where I've got my, my Grand Prix hat. People who yeah. are watching, you can see I've got an actual hat. Love it. Talks about the Grand Prix and I've got my blingy shirt. I don't usually wear a lot of bling, but I put it on for today for this I and all kinds it. of fun I, little things. We had to go to the casino because of course it's known for yeah. casinos. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, I know. We didn't, well, we ran into each other on the way to Monaco, but we, yeah. we had different things that we were doing in Monaco. Because yeah, I went to so. the, I went to the castle because I thought that was really cool. Yes. And I went to the aquarium because we love aquarium. Yeah, you guys did a lot. We went to, um, so we kind of did that, the walk up to the castle, which is very steep it, and it was hot. And like, so I was with my sister, my two kids, obviously, um, there are three kids and my brother-in-law. And so we did the castle. We actually did the tour. Um, first we were trying to find a place for lunch and we ended up at this burger place. We, we went to Monaco and had hamburgers, but it's the best <laughs> burgers in Monaco. So arrow burger, if you're ever there, it's just down the street from, um, it's like kind of between the the palace and the church where um, Princess Grace and um, King Rainier they were they're buried. So it's really really good. Um, but we ended up doing my sister and I and my brother in law ended up doing a tour of the palace and we just let the children go do whatever they wanted. And that is not something I would do in anywhere else. But I figured the Principality of Monaco is very safe. We heard that Bono or Sting, one of them was there. We had heard rumors that Barack Obama was there. And I'm like, this is probably the safest place. So they went <laughs> down and kind of did what you get. Like they went down near the um, casino, all of that good stuff. And we mostly spent our time at the palace and then wandered back. But funny thing. So when you think about things coming full circle, we did this in 2019, right? So it was June, 2019. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> I was not an F1 fan at all. Like I knew of it, wasn't a fan. My brother-in-law has always kind of watched F1. Um, so when we were walking back to the train station um, and to find the children who <laughs> were roaming Monaco, we came across a Ferrari store. So went into the Ferrari store, cute stuff. I remember that, but I was like, I'm not going to spend money on this stuff, but now I'm a Ferrari fan. So I, I can <laughs> totally picture where that was. But one of my things when I travel, because I'm a big picture person, I'm more about pictures and I need another t-shirt like I need a hole in the head. So I'm kind of one of those weirdos that I buy magnets and I put them on my fridge and 
but I'm always looking for unique magnets. And I was having such a hard time finding a magnet that didn't have the damn car on it. And at the time I was <laughs> like, I don't want a car on my magnet. Like I am not into this and everything has a car. Well, I ended up because I just wanted something unique, getting this little thing. So if you're on our- It's got the cars. It's awesome. So it's got the palace, it's got the flag, it's got the casino, and then the Formula One car and a checkered flag. And so when I started watching F1 in 2020, I was, these are usually on the side of my fridge, but um, I looked at it and I was like, that is so funny that I totally remember thinking, I don't want anything with a freaking flag or a car on it. Can't I just have something that's cute about Monaco? And now here I am, like, full on podcast and everything else. Yeah, and, <laughs> and when we got the hat, you know, I, my partner, he loved Eric and Senna. And I was like, you know, why don't we get you an F1 hat? You know, I don't know anything about it. Now it's like, I wonder you know more than he does. Yeah, I could steal the hat because yeah. I like the hat. It's yeah. got my favorite Louis Vuitton pattern on it, too. So, you know. Oh, mm. yeah. I remember when we went to go buy your first Louis. It had to be the pattern in the gray. Um, I love it. But yeah, so yeah. we're in Monaco. I so wish we could go. I don't know if it would be the best place to watch a race, to be honest. The streets are super narrow, but I'm looking forward to watching it and being like, I stood there. Yeah. I walked there. I, I was there. Like I'm just yeah. looking forward to like almost that part to be like, I was there. <laughs> Yes. And all the social media stuff I have for like our race week and the qualifying results and our pictures that I took in Monaco. Um, so there's so, well, it's, it's so such a beautiful place, like just coming out of that train station, which actually I think is very cool. It's kind of got like a mid-century um, look to it. But um, the architecture, I have so many random pictures of just buildings because it's so beautiful. It's, it's so pretty. Oh I'll, I'll, and I'll have to pull up some of mine too to, to send over your way. And yeah. I know we contemplated the one picture we have of us together there and it was before I lost a hundred pounds. So yes. I'm kind yeah. of iffy about putting that picture up, but I have some other cool pictures I can probably get over there too. Yes. So this we is exciting. Post, we should post we some. No, pictures, yeah. I'm super, super excited. Okay, so here's the Monaco. thing about Monaco. It is the shortest and the narrowest circuit on the grid. So because yeah. the actual laps are short, there's 78 laps. So you're probably used to like 51, 57, somewhere in there. Nope, because of this, it's 78 laps, one DRS zone. It has the slowest corner of all the circuits. I bet I That's, know where that is too. Tell me, tell me, do you know where it is? The I Grand Hotel hairpin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, very, yeah. it's very popular. Guess how fast they go around that turn. Keep in mind that it's the slowest the slowest corner. I'm scared to know. Like, because we we took a we took a private like taxi, kind of private ride in, and I remember them driving around that curve, and, and it was scary, like oh. very scary. Yeah. Oh gosh. They drove no, they drove us in and dropped us off at the at the casino. Like we. Oh. I got to ride yikes. down the road. So I got to drive. Listen, it's not fast though. They go 27 miles per hour, so 45 kilometers. Wow. That's how slow their cars are hitting that that turn. So that's not at 27. And how, and, how, and how fast do they go normally in the race though? Um, the average speed is 150 kilometers per hour. So what is that regular miles per hour? I'll look up. But do you think how fast they have to go back and forth though? Up and down and up and down. Those yes. big breaks. And it, the elevation there, like I said, you think like, oh, that doesn't look that bad. 
it is the elevation's ridiculous. So that is the slowest corner because it's so narrow. It's obviously really tough to overtake. So qualifying is hella important. I hope I can say hella, but like 93, 93 miles an hour. Okay. So that is slow. When we think about compared to all the other races, 200 30, miles. 30, yeah. Yeah. 30, 180, 200 miles. Every, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a slow race, but it's, so like you said, it's tiny. It's like, you can't, turns, you can't, it's important to get your qualifying. Yes. And qualifying is vital, but I think unless you're there and you like realize like, Oh, there's the other side of the street. You almost feel like you take four steps. And I mean, it's not quite that narrow, but it's very, very close. I'll see if I have a picture where, that I took from one side of the street. I took a picture of a um, chalkboard on the other side of the street. So maybe I will look for that and see if we could post it. So yeah, qualifying is so slow, so important. And because like it's slow and it's narrow, like the smallest mistake into the wall, again, street circuit, you all know that like those scare me because... But you're, crazy. You're toast. you you are done um, for the year and there have been lots of controversy last year. This is where, you know, I think it was uh, Checo crashed and then Charles came up and kind of crashed into him. And then that aborted Max's lap, his fast lap. And he was so mad about that. So oh my gosh. qualifying um, for them. So it is, again, getting out there, getting your time in is going to be huge. Um, so the race was part of the very first year in Formula One, which I think is really cool. Like wow. old school, it was part of that first calendar year. And then there were years like obviously during the war and stuff, they didn't have it. Um, I think there was another time early on, there was economic reasons they didn't have it, but it's been on the calendar every year since 1955 which is so cool. So that's why everybody knows this race, right? A beautiful location. It's been on the calendar since 1955. Like amazing. And a lot of the drivers, it's kind of now maybe their home race, you could call it. Because obviously we know Charles lives there. He grew up there. Um, but Lewis lives there. Valtteri lives there. Nico Hockenberg lives there. Daniel, I think, still lives there. And I think Alex Albon lives there. I didn't realize so, that many lives there. Oh my yeah. Gosh. Well, I mean, they don't pay taxes. And it's very private. You know, you have so many wealthy people there that they can probably walk the streets without getting mobbed most of the time. Um, unless you're Charles and then you have randoms coming and knocking on your door. <laughs> your door. Oh my gosh. I know that's just crazy. But yeah, so a lot of them do, they live there. So, I mean, that's kind of nice for them. They had this week off, they just go home and then they can wander down to their pit when they're ready. Um, to get started on testing and all of that stuff. So I'm so excited. I can't wait. I think I know, it should I, be on at like 6 a.m. my time. Oh, so yeah. I will, what is it? I will what be up. Oops. I don't know what happened to my picture. Right, there we there go. There I am. Um, I was just going to get my phone out to see. Yep. 6 a.m. Qualifying's at 7. Boy practices at 3 30 and 4 30 a.m that's not happening but um <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch those later i'll watch those later but yeah i'm i'm excited it's gonna be a great race and then like you said as soon as that's over we will do our recording for that week and then by the time we're publishing i will be in berlin i'm so excited 
Oh my gosh, I just found my Monaco like aquarium photos. I'm trying to see if I've got other ones nearby. Oh, looking out over the water. Ah, I have yes, with all the beautiful yachts. I mm. Uh, just some of those send me some of those and we'll post some of those this week we'll just kind of do a little walk down memory lane (laughs) for for monaco yeah it's just yeah it's so gorgeous there oh my gosh i'm rubbing my little rubbing my things here like good luck for yes keep manifesting for alonzo and his win in barcelona well we gotta manifest that unless the win the 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 paddock thing too oh yeah that too that too. But also people have mentioned on our, they like commented and I've gotten some DMs, like they're manifesting also for uh, Fernando to win in Barcelona. Oh, because so. oh, of the tattoo? Yes. Because <laughs> everybody's on board. They want you to get that tattoo. I'm on so. it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I guess I need, I guess I need to get it designed, right? I got, I got his number down. So yeah, figure, yeah, I'll come up with something that and the, 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 the best friend strip. I wonder if we, we should put like parking lot friends on there and like, <laughs> I love it. Or just even PLF. PLF. There you go. <laughs> if you know, you know. That's right. If you know, you, you know. know. You know. Parking lot friends. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. That's it. We're getting ready. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. It's race week, and we'll actually most likely have a race. So. And it's packing week. And it's packing week. Yeah. That's on my list today. All right. <laughs> right. Thanks for the ride. It's good to see everybody. Good to see you. You as well. Off to Monaco. And then it's All right. Barcelona. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash she loves the grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.